0: Bye. Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got another awesome guest with us today. He spent 20 years as a reporter and editor at daily newspapers across the country. Then in 2007, he began creating marketing content for companies like some, you may have heard these, Coca-Cola, SunTrust, you might have heard those. He's also a consultant freelancer. He's worked with CNN, WebMD, the Functional Aging Institute, Fitness Revolution, Idea, and so much more. He's also the owner of Prime Fit Content and the host of the Optimal Aging Podcast. Hey, Jay, welcome to the show, man. Hi,
1: Joe. Thanks a lot. It's good to be here with you.
0: Oh, I'm very excited to have you on. Jay's a great dude. We just met a few months ago at a, an event in Louisville, hit it off. And man, we just he's a great guy. I'm excited for you guys to meet him. So we're gonna start off with some rapid fire questions. Jay, are you ready?
1: Uh okay, go ahead. All
0: right, we got it. All right. What's the last time you really you laughed really hard?
1: Uh, the last time I, I don't I laugh all the time. I'm a big laugher. Um and I like to have a good time. I like to be with people who make me laugh. And uh uh you know, the last time I laughed really hard, I was having lunch with my best friend here, Tony, and he just cracks me up. And if I told you why, I don't, you wouldn't get it. You'd be like, well, "What's so funny about that?" And I don't know. It's just we get to jaw and you know, and bounce some stuff off each other, and we just crack each other up. So probably about a week ago, having lunch with Tony, just I don't even remember why. Just that's funny. the best
0: times. Everybody needs a Tony in their life like that, right? Exactly. Just Exactly. The only two, you, those inside jokes are the best. They, they're the best. So uh, what's, what's one thing on your bucket list?
1: Oh, bucket list. What's funny you ask because uh, I'm going to turn 60 this year. And so I've been thinking, do I want to go on a bucket list trip? I went to Africa when I turned 50, which oh, nice. was a bucket list trip. And so now I'm thinking maybe Australia, New Zealand, or Thailand. That those are cool. the two the two places I most want to go.
0: Oh, that's awesome! All right, what, what's if they made a movie about your life? Who who's the actor who plays you?
1: Well, realistically, it would be Ralph Macchio who played the Karate Kid, but in my fantasy version, and this is movies, so I get to pick. It'd be John Stamos.
0: Oh, there you go! Oh yeah. man,
1: there yeah. You go. in college when he was on General Hospital, people told me I looked like him, and and I. I kind of did when we were 20, but now, you know, he's the super handsome Hollywood guy and I'm just me. So I'll pick him.
0: There you go. That's a good choice right there. So yeah. what is a book that meant a lot to you?
1: Um, let's see. I, I usually go back to the the books that hit me in college, which were when I was trying to understand why I wanted to be a writer. Um, and uh, a, a number of them from that period really made a big impact on me. And I guess the most famous one is probably In Cold Blood oh, yeah. by Jim Capote, which was a it's written like a novel, but it's based on an actual case. It's made to a very famous film as well. But um, it was a brutal murder of a family in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. And uh, Capote went out there and reported it. And he did it all without a notepad and a pen because oh, wow. he didn't want to interrupt the natural conversations that he was having with people and he was this very very short feminine strange guy from new york out there in the middle of nowhere kansas and he wanted to be able to relate to people so he taught himself to remember conversations verbatim and he created this entirely factual novel about this case and and that just really taught me a lot about how to listen to people and how to pay attention to what's going on around you
0: wow I've read the book, but I didn't know the backstory behind that. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I can't remember yeah. anything. I'm, I need to get on his level.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is what he did.
0: That's awesome. Man, there's so many details in that book, too. He's got a great memory. So, uh, All right, so next one. What is a weird quirk that you have?
1: Oh, golly. What is a weird quirk that I have? You know, I don't know. I'm very grumpy if I don't have coffee in the morning. I'm not sure if that's a weird. I think a lot of people might. Be say, that I way.
0: think that just makes you human, right there.
1: Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. I knew I liked you for a reason, Joe. Because some people say that's a, a quirky thing. I don't think so. I think that's just living.
0: I think like so. I have my coffee. All right, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a coffee guy. All right, so that was rapid fire. You, you passed your test, by the way. All so right, let's good. talk about this. So, let's tell good you. You sure. kind of got talked about a little bit. How, how did you get into re- re- into reporting? How
1: I got into reporting was, uh, you know, golly, all the way back in high school, I think we had my, uh, my, I went to high school in Denver and the, the man who taught our journalism program was a sports writer at the Denver Post. So he was the real deal and uh, exposed us to journalism as it really was, not just as he didn't treat us like kids. He taught us that there are standards and you have to learn how to communicate to people and get the story and keep yourself out of it. And all these things that I built my, um, my meth- method of operations on, on him. His name is Pete Mendoch. Great guy. And it was kind of the first time that I was good at anything. Like I played sports and I was okay. I was never very good. And, you know, I was a good student, but I wasn't the smartest kid in class. And so this was like the first thing that I did that I was just naturally good at. And um that that kind of piqued my interest. It was like, oh, well, maybe I can do this. And I just enjoyed the idea that being a writer and being a journalist was a way to be involved in your community, um, a way that I could be involved in, in my community. I don't think I knew that at the time, but at the time I just knew I liked it. But as, as I got a little bit older, I realized, oh, this is my, this is the role that I'm gonna play in the world. And um really liked that ability. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So you've done a ton of stories over the years. What is the strangest story you've ever reported on?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, Well, I think it was, (laughs) um, I used to live in Alaska. And I was a reporter there at a newspaper in Alaska and um, in Anchorage and hundreds of miles away above the Arctic Circle, a tiny Eskimo village and and a polar bear killed and ate an Eskimo, and um, literally ate him. And uh, that never happens. It was a very strange fluke incident. Polar bears are not warm and fuzzy. You don't want to go up and try to pet one. You know, they they can kill you, but they generally don't eat you. Um, And no one could ever remember a case of this happening before. So I flew all the way up there to this tiny village and uh, met his family and saw where it happened it was just that was probably the most unusual polar bear eats eskimo hard to hard to top that
0: one wow because i don't know i just picture alaska that's just going on every day because i don't know what happens in alaska i just picture eskimos and polar bears just getting eaten all the time i don't know i'm yeah. not very alaska friendly apparently
1: yeah apparently no nah. anchorage is just another city of about i don't know 250 thousand people maybe i've heard it's beautiful yeah. up there but... it's beautiful yeah it is it's a great place
0: yeah so that that is crazy. So, uh, how about the most meaningful? What's the most meaningful story you? Uh,
1: here in Atlanta, I came to. I moved to Atlanta in 1996 to be a, a court reporter at the Atlanta Journal Constitution, and I did a big uh, series on the courthouse here in downtown Atlanta. It was. Um, Well, we called it courthouse in crisis, and I guess it wasn't a crisis. It was just really bogged down by bureaucracy and a lack of technology and a lack of effectiveness. And you had a huge backlog of cases, people sitting in jail for years awaiting their trial. And and it was one of those things where we just dove in really deep and poured over countless files and put together this comprehensive story about what was wrong with the justice system here in Atlanta and had a lot of impact and uh, got a lot of good attention for it. I felt like that was probably the
0: most important thing I ever yeah. did. That's pretty awesome right there, yeah. making a difference. So yeah. so you're doing this reporting and then you all of a sudden you decide to start offering your service to other companies. What made you that? make that decision?
1: No, I didn't decide. Um, what happened is the Internet came along. And smartphones came along and killed the newspaper industry. And I know you might say, well, if you didn't kill the newspaper industry, there's still a newspaper. And it's like, yeah, kind of. I mean, technically, most cities still have something that is like a newspaper, but it's not really the newspaper industry as it was for decades and decades. And as I entered into it. And so about 15 years ago, the internet and smartphones combined to, if not kill, then you know put on life support the newspaper industry. And I had to find a new way to make a living. And, and so did most of my colleagues. This wasn't something that happened to me. This happened to an entire generation of right. newspaper professionals. And um, so I had to find a new way to make a living. I had just turned 40. And the only thing I ever wanted to do was be a newspaper reporter. And then it, boom, went away one day because of, you know, because of technology in ways that no one could foresee. And so that's when I I had to punt, you know, I had to make a had to find a new way to make a living and i was fortunate to get hired by a corporation and um, kind of transferred my skills from being a journalist into being a corporate not exactly spokesman but corporate communicator which is similar but different and then ultimately that was pretty unsatisfying i didn't really fit in into corporate america you know because to be a reporter you're supposed to thumb your nose at authority and uh, to be in corporate America, you're supposed to suck up to authority, and I'm just not very good at that. So, um, after a few years, I thought, you know, I just want to do my own thing. What do I want to write about? And so I decided that I wanted to um, to keep a, a toe in news. So I called a friend at CNN and asked if I could come on board there as a as a part timer. I didn't want to go back to news full time, and, uh, and then I got a couple of freelance clients in fitness and in um, entertainment, because as you probably know, being so close to here in, in Alabama, this is kind of Yollywood. All the movies and TV shows are filmed here now, and I'm a big movie and TV fan. So there's I did a little work in that industry, but mostly I was intrigued in, in fitness. And I wanted to find a way that I could um, make a living writing in the fitness industry and looked around a little bit and had this moment where I noticed that, um, right after I turned 50, nobody wanted my business anymore. And I don't know how to put my finger on it. Exactly. Because of course, that's not true. People want your money. But there is a point in in aging when you realize that you're no longer in the target demographic of anything. And maybe it's, it might be the first time when you're driving around the, with your kids and you're listening to the radio and you don't know who what any of the songs are. Yeah, um, I'm there. You watch, you watch the Grammy Awards and you have no idea who these people are. That's me. Know, it's, Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. And I noticed that with, fit, with fitness when I turned 50. And so I looked into it a little bit and found that indeed, there was no one trying to help gyms and studios um, market fitness to older people. And so that's what I said about doing. That's what I've been doing ever since.
0: That's cool. And, and I mentioned earlier, the owner of prime fit content. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So um, out of that research that I was just describing came this realization that gyms and studios need content to market themselves and, um, And by content, you know, we we mean things that are not, it's not advertising and it's not about a quick sale. It's a way for your community and your prospects and your clients still to know you and like you and trust you and want to be associated with you. And it's a way for gyms and businesses to distinguish themselves in their communities and sort of a slow burn process. Like an ad, an ad might be, here's a coupon for 20% off next week, bring it in by Tuesday and you can get 20% off. That's an ad. It's not what content is. Content is more like I'm Joe. This is what's important to me. This is what I believe in. Get to know me a little bit. Here's an interesting article. That's kind of interesting. Here's a recipe. You might think you might want to try. Here's some photos of people in my demographic who you might relate to things like this. And so I, create all this original content and I provide it to gyms and studios who are trying to reach I say people over 50 I know you focus on women over 40 some people say 55 doesn't really matter the point is kind of at midlife when when things start changing in your life regarding your body is changing women are might be going through menopause men might be losing testosterone we all gain a little more weight we've been working and raising kids and paying mortgages and suddenly we're 45 or 60 years old and we want to get back in shape when you get to that point you need to know you need to be able to find people like you and and adventure boot camp in your community that you want them you want to help people like that instead of a typical gym which is full of you know young muscle men and girls with tiny little you know little bodies and loud music playing and cheap rates and no service there's an alternative if if you let people know that you exist. So long way of saying that's what I try to do is help gym and studio owners get their word out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you've you been around, you've you've seen plenty of tips, You're, you've used you some them yourself. So if someone is over 50, what have you seen? What are your kind of some top tips for people that are trying to do some healthy aging? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, well, I would tell them, um, number one, to start where they are and to accept who they are right now. Um, a lot of times I people will say and I bet you get this too well back in college I could yada 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 and I was going to say it doesn't matter what you could do in college because you were 20 years old and you were superhuman and immortal and you know all of that which it matters where you are now so embrace who you are now accept who you are now and 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 you know deal with that reality and then figure out what you want to do and why you want to do it like some people might just be able to lose twenty pounds, or some people might want to get down on the floor and play with their grandkid because their children are starting to have babies and they want to be an active grandparent and they're not, you know. And some people might want to be able to run a triathlon. Some people might even want to be able to run a triathlon competitively. You know, it doesn't matter. Just because you get older doesn't mean you ha- your choices are you know somehow more. The same as everybody else right it's really what's important to you so the important thing is to know what's important to you and why you want what you want then um you've got to move you know and some people that's just getting off the couch and going for a walk three days a week just get out of the house right. and, you know that might be enough and then at some point you've got to step up your game and move more with more intention um and and i'm not Gonna, I'm not qualified to give advice on how everyone should should get in shape, and it's different for everybody. But too many people in this demographic don't know that they need to lift weights. So that's something I always tell people: is you, you have to lift weights, not you should think about it or you might want to, but you have to. And women especially will say, "Oh, I don't want to get bulky," and I want to say, "Do you know how hard it is to get bulky? You know, young boys are full of testosterone." You're not, you're, you're not going to get bulky, but you need to be strong. So you, you know, can maintain your function and maintain your quality of life and avoid falls and all these things that yeah. you can.
0: I, I tell my clients, Hey, it's, it's the fountain of youth. Strength training is the fountain of youth.
1: It if it's, really it's the closest is. thing
0: you can get to it. Cause as soon it's, as you can't stand out of that chair on your own, you're dependent on somebody else.
1: That's right. And that's what we want is to stay independent, right? But somehow people in my generation and older, and again, I'm 59. So I'm talking, I think anybody much younger than I am, maybe doesn't have this, this lack of awareness, but anybody my age and older is still thinking that going to the gym or practicing strength training is about having big bulky muscles. And it's just not, you know, it's essential to healthy aging. So I encourage people to to lift weights or to practice resistance training and to talk to someone with your expertise to, to learn more about that. And then, you know, you've got to eat right. You know, so many people just eat garbage constantly. You've got to get that diet uh, to where you're, you're eating good food. And then the other thing, I guess the last thing is for lack of a better term, wellness or well being. you know, you've got to get your sleep, prioritize sleep. Go to your regularly scheduled doctor's visits, get your eyes checked, go to the dentist, get a massage now and then keep your hair the way you want it. Uh, do what, you know, all these little things that go into self-care or wellness, those are important too. You know, it's not just about eating green leafy vegetables and going to the gym three days a week.
0: Absolutely. So I, yeah. Taking know. that that whole holistic approach is so important. Yep. Yeah. So you you see a lot of businesses out there that are trying to reach the over 50 and over crowd. What are are some of the stakes you see of people doing that?
1: Oh, boy, a lot of them. That's why I'm in business, because, you
0: know,
1: (laughs) uh, uh, well, you know, first of all, too many gyms and studios aren't aware that they should should be pursuing this market or they think it's exclusive. Like I can only pursue people over a certain age, and therefore I'm going to lose all my younger people. and that's just that's just not true. you can you can you don't have to be exclusively over any certain age. but a lot of a lot of gyms and studios make that decision, and you can you can go either way. But the big mistakes, I think are when um it's easy to be unintentionally condescending to older people to say silver or golden, or cute, or even something as harmless as baby boomers, these terms that we throw around to mean slightly older, you know, over 50, I say, you say over 40, some people say over 60, whatever it is, say what it is, I say over 50. So just say whatever it is, you don't have to come up with a term because, you know, you might say, well, I want to reach baby boomers. And I say, well, what's a baby boomer? And they often say, oh, you know, anybody over 50 or so. I'm like, No, that's not it at all. A baby boomer was born between 1946 and 1964. That's the definition. So if you want to appeal to those people, then go for it, knock yourself out, but you're missing out on anybody who wasn't born between 1946 and 64. So be very clear about who you want and and then be really careful with your language. You don't want to diminish people with you know thoughtless terms like cute or silver I really hate silver for some reason it's not to say silver sneakers I mean that's great if, if silver sneakers gets people moving I'm all for it I don't I'm not picking on silver sneakers I just like golden girls <laughs> I just hate that um, and then I guess another common mistake is that uh, they think that everybody's the same after 50 or after 60 that that there's one type of person, and there's just not there's just you know it's a hundred million people in our country over age fifty. so it's not really a niche it's it might be an umbrella of several other niches, and it's a good way to market yourself because it's telling the community that you're there for people who are typically overlooked by the fitness industry. so it has value, but you know you've got. 50, 60, 70-year-old people who are spectacular athletes, right? And then you've got people in that same age group who can't get off the couch. So the common mistake is to think that they're all the same. And then I think similarly that there are all sorts of myths about people who are a little bit older that they're cheap, and that's not true, that they're afraid of technology not true. You know, that they don't want to try anything new. Not true. The fascinating thing about how we're aging as a society is that people my age and older are not our grandparents. You know, I'm going to be 60 this year. I don't think I look and act like the stereotype of 60-year-olds, and I'm not unusual. But my grandfather, when he was 60, was a little old man. Yeah. Yeah because that's how we were then, you know, you worked at one place until you were retired and then you moved to Florida and got a few years before you passed away. That was kind of the typical way of living. It is no longer that, you know, you really have to realize that we're living longer, we're living healthier, we have better medical care, better prescription drugs, you know, we're just living longer and we want more out of life than previous generations did. Uh, that's a great point.
0: You know, I'm I when I was a kid and somebody was 60, I, they might as well have been 150 when I was a kid. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was probably part of my mindset, but also like what you said, I mean, people are aging much more gracefully now. Cause I've got people in their sixties that will run circles around people in their twenties. I guarantee that. And then, and then then you got people in their twenties that, you know they haven't worked out you know you know ever and they, they can barely get off the couch you see some of that too that people are getting in worse shape at younger ages so this the, everybody is not the same like you said there's millions of people in that that age group don't put them in a box because they'll surprise you I, I remember when i first got started in my business i had a 75 year old woman she signed up for class i was like oh i was a little nervous and i was like uh, i don't know and she she grew up on a farm and she'd been working out her whole life and she was an absolute beast. She was awesome. She'd show up in her pajamas. She was one of my favorite clients of all time. You know, that was yeah. me putting preconceived notions on her and she blew me away. I mean, that was a big lesson for me.
1: Yeah. well, oh, good. I'm glad you're open-minded to that because there, it takes all, takes all types. And the point is that there's this great business opportunity for gym and studio owners that they're not, I do not want to say taking advantage of, because that's, that sounds like there's something, nefarious about it yeah. that they're not trying to do. And there's this market of people out there who want your help. You know, they want to be able to live life because they know they've got this extra 20 or 30 years and they want to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And they'll they'll be your best clients. I guarantee you that they'll be some of your favorite people in the world. So that's that's my experience. So how how can people follow you and keep up with what you're doing, Jay?
1: Well, my business is prime fit content. So it's prime like the prime of your life fit content, primefitcontent.com. So check me out there. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere like that. And then my podcast is called Optimal Aging. And I think eventually I'm going to rebrand it to be Prime Fit Content. But um, for some reason, when I started my podcast, I, I went with Optimal Aging and it was more about a wider range of topics than just exercise. So Anyway, that's it. Optimal Aging and PrimeFitContent.com.
0: That's great. Now I'll link all that in show notes. And, and Jay, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some some tips about being 50 and above and all everything in between. You've had an interesting career for sure.
1: Wow. Thanks, Joe. And thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Hey, you guys are listening right now. Maybe maybe you know someone that would like to hear this message. Maybe you could please share it with them. Share that message. Maybe they need some tips if they're over 50 and trying to get a little bit healthier. Maybe they're a gym owner and they need some some content for their, their marketing, all that stuff that they don't feel like doing. They don't know how to do it. Jay's your man for that. So I'll click that on the show notes, a link down there. And I uh, keep sharing this message and keep spreading positivity. Jay, thanks for coming on. We'll see you next time.
1: All right. Bye, Joe.
0: Wow, what a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're gonna get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion, optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.